Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to Table Manners. I'm Jessie Ware and I'm here on Zoom with my mum. Hi mum. Jessie, I don't like it when you're not next to me. Really? You poke me usually, so I thought I'd give you a little bit of a wide berth this week. And I've got a floppy tripod. That's what she said. Or he said. He said. He said it's all in your head. Oh my god, we just... Uh, anyway, there's the, 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 that's a very, very lovely segue that I didn't even think I could possibly do. We have Lauren Mayberry of churches the scottish band who are fantastic on today and they have a song called he said she said and that just kind of tickled me mum you're not having to cook today so what are you having for dinner i have cooked i've made myself prawn curry oh nice what with butternut squash mango no i've done it with mange two peas in and red and yellow peppers lots of yogurt and bob's your uncle Mm, nice I saw you for a barbecue yesterday. You did your famous puy lentils. They went down a treat. Did they, darling? Have you been yeah, eating them, them today? Like for lunch and dinner. Yeah. Good. So when people are listening to this, I've probably had a baby by now, so I won't be whinging anymore. I'll probably be whinging about being tired by this point, but you won't have to hear it. I'm really excited to have this guest on. My daughter is a massive fan of her, but alas, it's bedtime, so I don't think that I should let her meet her. Oh, it's only seven. I know, is that really mean? I don't know if also Lauren will really be... Anyway, Lauren is a fan of the podcast, I believe, so that's nice. And she's zooming in from LA, because she's made it big time, Mum. The Glasgow girl is now living in LA. So they're a trio, and I don't know if all of them live there. Darling, can I just check that I've le- not left my curry on? Yeah. And yeah, that she's a really amazing musician, front woman, singer, like the most kind of memorable voice and makes a bloody banger. And they've got a new record out on the 27th of August. Oh, my wedding anniversary. Lovely. Maybe that's what Sam will get me for my wedding anniversary. And she's in the waiting room. Lauren Mayberry coming up on Table Manners. Lauren Mayberry, we have you here. You're zooming in from LA. Your lovely boyfriend has just helped us with tech support. You have two microphones going. Oh, shit. Hon, who's coming in? <laughs> oh, my... F- right, I was going to mouth the love you, Sam, but you fuck off, Sam. You fucking just made a big noise. <laughs> I love you. My my daughter, I'm a bit sad that... Um, well, no, she'll be sad that she's not speaking to you, Lauren, because she's a big fan. Ah. It's her, like, top top requested song that we have to have in the car many times and actually my husband introduced her to it it's a big family fave 
That's awesome. You better awesome. tell her which song, darling. She knows, because I already sent her the video of my daughter singing. Because we, we are DM friends. We DM. Oh, yeah. Oh, you are. Well, this is kind of how this happened, I feel like. I'm, I posted about He Said, She Said, because I think it's an amazing song. And then you said that you were a big fan of the podcast. Yes. And then I said, well, you must come on because this is my way of flirting. And <laughs> and then I sent you a, just to seal the deal, I sent a video of my daughter singing the song to, whilst in the car. So there, and here we are now, you are zooming in. Tiny girl fans are my favourite demographic, so you totally had me there. And yeah, I've listened to you guys a lot this last year because uh, Sam was here sometimes, but he was away with his family for some of the lockdown stuff, so... Uh, yes, it was very comforting. Listen, I would listen to it at night time when I was making my dinner and stuff because it felt fitting. I would make a slightly rubbish meal whilst listening to you guys talk about nice meals that you were having, oh. and it felt very comforting, especially because yeah, your mother and daughter, miss your family. Yeah, yeah, haven't been able to see my folks since Christmas 2019, so it's been quite a long time now. Oh, Lauren. So yeah, well, I mean, I'm very lucky. I live in. A house with cats and a nice I'm I'm very safe and fine I'm probably privileged but uh yeah it's just weird because we have US visas and those we've got our own US visa renewed but you can't get to the embassy to get it stamped so we can't really leave otherwise we won't be able to get back in and we've got tour dates here so our management were like just sit tight. Lauren why have you got a jumper on when you live in LA? Um I did realize when I stepped into the zoom square I was like I look a bit like where's Wally? Which wasn't my intention, but... Um, <laughs> no, you don't. Well, it's raining today, so I thought Ooh. it would be cosy for me. And I miss lots of things, but every time there's an occasion to wear a jumper. And Americans are quite intense about their air conditioning in a way that yeah. I... So I carry one with me all the time anyway. Not that I go anywhere, but when I used to go places, if you go into a shop or a cinema, it's absolutely Baltic <laughs> immediately. So I have to have a large jumper to put over my entire self. Just in case. So do you miss Scotland? I do. I do. Yeah. What do you miss most? The rain or the midges? <laughs> I'll take the rain over <laughs> the midges, 100%. But yeah, I feel, I guess it's weird when you move away from a place because it's not like I left because I didn't like it anymore. I was just conscious that I have an opportunity to travel and do something that hmm. not a lot of people get to do. And, you know, I don't have I don't have kids. I don't have things that hold me to a place necessarily and I was conscious that I don't know why I decided this when I was 27 I was like well everybody's putting a timer on women in entertainment so you need to do as much as you can while you can and also figure out a way for the, to do something afterwards which maybe sounds overly negative and overly paranoid but I do think that I'm like I would love to be Shirley Manson or PJ Harvey or any of those people that get to create constantly forever but I just am unsure if that would be the case. So I was like, I need to figure out a way to be able to work in creative stuff after this because there's no session session front man, session front woman isn't literally a job. <laughs> so I was like, but yeah. So we're in Los Angeles trying to expand on the old writing CV. So what are you writing with other for other people as well? Try, trying to, yeah. I'd only ever written lyrics for myself or... Mm projects that I had been in if someone else didn't wanted to sing but didn't want to write words then I would just feed them forward so but I think it's kind of nice and especially most of the stuff we've been doing I think all the stuff almost is writing for female singers and female artists and I feel like that's something that appeals to me a lot because I haven't been in a lot of those kinds of rooms as an artist but the ones I have been in it's just been all 
men all the time. So when mm. you're like, this is what my concept is and this is what I want to do, a lot of the times people are supportive, but other times they don't get it at all. So I feel like I'd like to... I'm only 33. I'm almost 34. I don't know why I'm putting a timestamp on myself so early, but part of me is like, I'd like to be the old wise owl in the room that can be like, shh, shh, shh. She's trying to say something. What is it you want to say? That would be my... If someone could pay me for that, that'd be great. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's so funny. It's, it's not funny, actually. It's And it's not surprising um, that you do say about the shelf life for women because most women that come on this podcast that are in music say exactly the same thing and mm-hmm. they feel it too. And it's really crap. But... Yeah. And it's odd because I don't want to live too much in like the fear realm, but I also mm. don't, don't want to be naive because I know mm. that realistically it's more likely that that will happen and even like I think it's bizarre to be confronted with your own Asian aesthetic even if people are saying something nice that they think they're saying is very nice when they're like oh wow you wouldn't know she was 33 you look so much younger and then it just Mm. gets me in my own head where I'm like yeah but then we're placing the worth on a woman's youth and that's gonna go away and then when I do quote-unquote look my age what does that mean? Does that mean I cease to be relevant artistically? And so, yeah, part of me was like, I understand that's a very, I'm lucky to have that. I'm lucky to get to do that. And I do fucking love my job. But I'm also conscious that at some point the job might not exist in that way. And if I've learned anything about anything in this industry, it's that once you're viewed as old news, people are much less likely to let you try anything. And it's that sounds really savage i didn't move here to just be like such a depressive cranky person but uh you know future proofing because i do at the end of the day i fuck i fucking love music and making music and i would like to get to do that for a while but i don't know i i understand the fear but i also think like you you've got a new record out with churches yes in end of august it sounds killer it sounds big and like you're doing that so you're still doing your band and then i think it's I, I understand that you want to write for other people. It's a brilliant thing to be involved in, especially if you like collaborating. You know, you're part of a band and, and to be able to collaborate with other people, other women, other female voices, you know, I, I get it all. And um, sometimes when you feel like you've put all your eggs in one basket, it can feel quite scary in the old music world. Yes, good to have a couple of plates spinning, which is a very table mannersy metaphor. I well, guess. <laughs> let's talk about this. So you cooking, feeling a bit homesick, what were you cooking a lot of whilst in lockdown? And, and what have you, what are you a good cook? I've got so much to ask you. I feel like I've gotten better. I've definitely gotten better during this time period because I feel like when you're on tour, even if you're going for the quote unquote healthy option, it's not really that healthy a lot of the time. And if I'm on tour, I try and eat vegetarian or, but a lot of the time that's just mac and cheese or like junk food mm. versions of regular food I don't know what to call it that's mm. not offensive Peter will be right up my ass about that but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah so I think being at home and just being able to be like okay I'm gonna try and make healthy things and I got into a weird pickle by the end of the last round of touring where I think I just really messed up my 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 guts I think because I'd had a couple of like vocal uh, throat infection things and I'd taken antibiotics for them and then we were touring and then I think I just, when I eventually went to a doctor about it, they were like, that plus, were you doing a lot of worrying during 2019? And I was like, yes, a lot of worrying. And they were like, you've basically worried yourself into a, an upset gut issue. And I was like, oh, no. So I had to 
try and figure that out and what was irritating and what wasn't and it would just be like I would wake up one day and my face would be like swollen and like with hives all over it and stuff if I'd eaten certain things and now I've kind of got to a place where I think I can eat that stuff again it was just a case of building back up so I had to cut out gluten and dairy and all those things for a while which sounds very LA whenever I was doing stuff I wanted to be like it's not because I moved here it's because I fucked up my guts (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so I got, uh, like, Amelia Freer does a lot of, like, healthy but actually tastes like stuff recipes. So I've been doing some of that and Anna Jones. And there's this book, which has a name I don't love, but uh, The Beauty Chef. And it's about, oh. like, gut gut healthy cooking. So I can pickle, basically anything, I can pickle it now. <laughs> if, it's, ah. if it stands still, I can pickle it. So, so you like kimchi? Yes. I love it. Love kimchi. Yeah. I love... Uh, one of my favorite things, and Sam, my boyfriend, thinks it's mental. I make these like just pickled red onions, and it's just so mm. easy. And I'll just eat a little bowl of them. You can go on the side of anything, but if I want a little snack, I'll just sit and eat my stinky pickled onions. <laughs> and it, it's, it's flavorful. What a I mean, great girlfriend. Yeah, that sounds nice. <laughs> doesn't that? Give us a kiss, Sam. Um, what were you worrying about on tour? Just apart from you know the shows going well and all that, was it stressful? Um. I think well we had a, a bit of a bit of a, a, a tough situation on the last tour where we'd done this feature, and uh, then that person then went on and collaborated with another artist who was quite a high profile domestic abuser, and we were like, oh god, do we have to say something about this because our whole brand and our whole fan base is built on not that yeah and we were like oh my god I guess we have to say something about it and it was kind of damned if you do damned if you don't because if we didn't say anything then that would be quite cowardly but also wouldn't be very honest and we don't want to be hypocritical but then if you do say something then you're drawing attention to it and it went very badly I will say yeah it went pretty badly and there was a lot of like security problems in it yeah it was bad um and just stuff like yeah it's been good to have the time off in a way to reflect on those things because yeah there would just be things like I would wake wake up in the night like in the morning not aware of the fact I must have gotten up during the night time and I'd put like chairs and loads of stuff in front of the hotel door and I don't remember doing any of that like I don't recall it and I was like oh right but your brain and your gut are really connected so one influences the other and then I just started having like really bad allergies to things and like my skin was like looked like it had been like burned half the time and I was like what's going on so I just slather stage makeup on it and then go to the gigs so I think it was good to have time off and be like yes but maybe it wasn't just the sheets you know and it's interesting how food is all connected to those things that you develop food intolerances because your body's already upset or whatever but everything's fine now it's fine my guts guts, guts are great Everything's really great, Go- regular. It's good. Oh, man. That sounds incredibly <laughs> stressful and yeah. frightening. Well, yeah. So do you, do, can you eat bread now and things like that? I mean, I choose my gluten. But it's not great bread in LA, is it? Well, this is, I think, a strange. American bread is very, like, sh- sweet or sugary or something. I can't. So there's mm. one place near us, a little local bakery, and they do, like, just this really nice sourdough. And I'm like, okay this is the place, this is where we'll go. But yeah, even like a healthy, I guess you can't see air quotes on a podcast, but a healthy, <laughs> like wheat, like uh, seeded bread, it's always very like sweet and that's bizarre to me. 
I don't understand. And there's certain things that just are different. Like one, once just after I'd moved, I had a small small cry in a supermarket because I was like, everything is the same, but it's different. I don't understand. Like things that sh- you just don't know the brand names of certain things or like, yeah. And it's interesting. So where do you shop in LA? Where do you like? Well, there's a little... Well, it's not. I think it's a California chain, but it's a chain of supermarkets called Sprouts. So I do that. And yeah. then we have, uh, like, if we're feeling really bougie, we'll go to, like, the farmer's market and stuff like that. Um, and I got one of my favorite 2020 purchases was this thing called a lettuce grow, which is, I, I cannot, lettuce? basically, yes. And it's like a, it's a big, t- like, tower. And you put water mm. in the bottom and it just, it will push the water around to keep the plants alive and you can grow like vegetables and herbs and all this stuff and I murder everything in a garden ever mm, I can't I can't too. keep anything and this keeps it alive so what what vegetables are you getting out of it then what are you doing <sighs> I've had loads of th- I've had a couple of failures but I've had lots of different re- lettuces some rocket coriander basil cauliflower once which was quite bizarre wow mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you can get like peppers strawberries all kinds of stuff and if you go on their website i'm not sponsored by them i was what's just what's it called let lettuce grow lettuce lettuce like let us like like it's a plan let- word yes and i love a pun anyway so it's like great yeah and I've you can put in like this. your your postcode and where you're based and they recommend like if you're indoor outdoor what plant will survive etc so basically it's have like have you got a garden then oh it's really pretty as well it looks quite cool so my mum when I speak mom, to her look. on the phone is like show me the lettuce grow oh wow does yours look Can like the one on the England, advert darling um, I mean that's much yeah there's a few things there's a few holes in mine that, where things haven't come through that's amazing I know that the Instagram algorithm is evil but at the same time it did recommend me that and I did want it so there we are <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Where did you grow up in Scotland? I grew up in and around Stirling. So um, I lived in Dunblane for a bit and then in the countryside, a place called Thornhill until I moved to Glasgow for university. So most of the time in quite like either a small town or quite rural. So uh, yes. And I guess I was thinking about this before the podcast. I'm like, my mum did a really good job with the cooking when I think about what my peers were eating. And I think about how ungrateful me and my sister were. Like, she would be trying to cram vegetables in us. And it's like, you know, 
the late 80s, early 90s, that's not necessarily a thing that's that popular. And yeah, she would make us like ratatouille and things like that. And my sister and I would call it rat pooey and be really rude about it. <laughs> that's so mean. It's so mean. And Did I you think about it. her rat's pooey. We were so rude about things. And the poor woman, like, you know, both my parents were working jobs. My mom was a teacher and she'd pick us up, take us home, make this food. And then we'd be rude about it. I feel so guilty as an adult. I'm like, I'm sorry, mum. I'm sorry. So, yes. It's funny. We used to do ratatouille a lot. You'd do a baked potato with you ratatouille and grated cheese. We, I think we all hated it. It was slightly kind of miserable looking veg. So we were doing the I same. I don't think it was. I always thought it was great because I had like a French watering. boyfriend and he introduced me to ratatouille. So I always thought it was exotic. But you, but we used to have it with sausages and oh. baked potato, didn't we? That's what we did, yeah. So, okay, so your mum was quite a good cook or do you kind of, she always made an effort? I think she was good and she, yeah she was making an effort to get nutrients into us like yeah she would be like you won't have monster munch for your school snack you'll have a little box of raisins and healthier crisps which were still crisps but she was ahead of the game you know she really was and it, yeah it's just funny when you think about certain things where I'm like oh yeah it was the 90s like if it was a special occasion we would have a gammon steak with like a pineapple ring on it and stuff like that and that was like the height of luxury whereas now I'm like I don't know if I would eat it necessarily. What's your What's your best meal that she used to cook? Your celebration meal mm. was it gammon? That was if somebody fancy was coming around, not necessarily in house. That was if somebody we wanted to really show that we Impressed. had this style. Um, she used to make. Uh, maybe this is horrible to people if microwaves are viewed as terrible things to cook with, but she used to make I this... I love my microwave. Like, uh, Mark, Sus- Mark Suspensers had this little microwave cookbook, and she would make a chilli, like a chilli, in the, like this big casserole dish in the microwave, and that was like the treat that we would get. So. Do you like chilli still? Yes, yeah. Well, I made chilli for my parents once, and they were like, oh, it's taking so long, because it was made on a hob, <laughs> and I was like, yes, but it needs the flavours. The flavours must infuse, and they were like, just stick it in the microwave, it'll be done in five minutes. <laughs> Did so your dad cook? He did. I mean, he definitely came into his own after we moved, me and my sister moved out. And also, I think in the last, since he's retired, he's like now when I phone my parents on FaceTime, my mom's like, can't really talk. Your dad's making a paella or whatever. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Whereas in like the 90s, if we were left home with my dad, like a nice dinner would be, you know, you know, those old El Paso, like, natural mm-hmm. kits he would be like right we'll have nachos for dinner <laughs> that's what we would eat <laughs> as a fun treat and i guess living in los angeles now i'm like oh right that's not what that's meant to taste like <laughs> but i have fun fun memories we were talking about chicken tonight the other day do you remember chicken oh. tonight? that big rare like mm-hmm. it was like the most exciting thing wasn't it sauce in a jar Oh, yeah. I didn't buy that. But I know, and that's why we all wanted it. Oh, okay. And it had a good song. We were really... Oh, yeah. Chicken Tonight. I feel like chicken tonight, like chicken tonight. Yeah, anyway. An amazing jingle. We were always really lusty Mm. over... Uh, pot noodles and rustlers, because you would see the adverts on TV all the time, and my mum would be like, I am not feeding you that. (laughs) And then as an adult, I was like, yeah, I can see why. (laughs) We don't know. (laughs) We don't know what's in a rustler, but... I really want, really wanted it. Really did. Where are you? Where are you eating out at the moment in LA? Where's some of your favourite spots? Well, we're kind of we're quite near Pasadena, so we're like quite far out on the east. Um, but there's a good, there's a nice restaurant near us called Hippo, which oh, I, I like. Heard of it? It's like uh, 
kind of new American stuff and it's got a nice little patio. It had a patio before COVID, but they've really lent into their patio now. Um, and I guess there's loads of good Mexican stuff and there's lots of good sushi and ramen and like Asian foods and stuff. I um, mm. haven't found haven't found any good Indian food in Los Angeles, I have to say. And in Glasgow is good. You know, I've been spoiled and I lived in New York for a little bit before coming here and I couldn't find, there was that stretch of curry restaurants in Manhattan, but outside of that, I was like, yeah, I don't want, like I got a sag paneer once that was just like liquid. It looked like green juice. It was very odd. I was like, what did you do to the spinach? I don't understand. So yes, I feel like that is the one thing I really, really, really miss here is just really good curry can't find it so whenever we're in the uk it's like london manchester glasgow anywhere you can find decent curry pretty much anywhere in the uk and we which is not great for a singing i suppose just shoving yourself full of indian food and then playing shows but i have to live i have to live so where's your where's your spot in glasgow that you go and eat oh i mean there's so many good ones but whenever my I go with my parents to this place called Balbiers, which is in the okay. west end of Glasgow, and big fan of Mother India Cafe, which is like yeah, sm- which is small plates and yeah, like so it was good. really near uh, where I used to live when I was at uni. And yes, whenever I go home, me and my best friend from university will go for lunch at Mother India. Every time we get two pints of Kingfisher and a bunch of small plates, and it's it's a really good day. I um you you know because you listen to this podcast we're going to ask you what your last this your last supper is Ooh. I wonder if curry is going to feature in this um it's a, a starter a main a pudding and a drink of choice okay I think starter I feel like for me food is quite an emotional thing I suppose that's for everybody you associate a certain time with a certain food and I think mm. for my my starter I would like to have like my grand's vegetable soup that she would always make us. And I've tried to make it as an adult. My mom has made it. We've all made it. And it's just not quite the same. I don't know. Maybe she's just putting in a crap ton of salt. I don't know. Describe it. What is it? It's got carrots and maybe potatoes, but I can't pretend. I never know whether it's like rice or barley or something that she put in, but there was something. Barley. Something. And it would always, you would get to it at the bottom and it would be fully infused with all this stuff and it just I, and it thickens the soup as well it creams it up as well yeah and i have like just ni- nice memories of going around to her house when when we were all kids and having to sit at the teeny tiny table where you were crouching on the floor to eat the soup and she made us a lot of weird foods but the like pickled beetroot sandwiches and things like that even as a kid i was like that's bizarre but you know <laughs> the that's post post you do have pickles now maybe i do so maybe now Maybe she got me. But yes, I would start with the nostalgic soup and then I'd definitely have uh, Mother India. Mother India for my, my mains. And because it's the small plates, maybe you could combine a few little things on a plate. But I don't know. I'm a sucker for sag paneer, as discussed, and mm. any kind of dal. They do like a, a lovely black dal sometimes, which mm. is very filthy. And you've got to have a naan. I don't mess with Peshwari naan. I've tried it a couple of times, but I don't, it confuses me. Oh, I like I it. it. Do you? Oh, Which yeah. So you just do butter naan or garlic? I just Yeah, just go straight up, maybe garlic. But then sometimes I get upset about the garlic because I'm like, you're distracting from the <laughs> distracting from the dish. Which is oh, a, no, I like the uh-huh. filling oh, in a naan. The peshwari is like, it's like a kind of guilt, guilty pleasure. I kind of love it. 
It's an extra little surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should. Tr- I'll try again next time I go back. Don't but. try and bloody LA whilst you're there. Don't don't bother. No. If you're going to try Peshwari, wait until you come back to bloody Scotland. I just think. with sweets all over it. It'll just be like sick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly it's kind of like an almond croissant but like uh kind of hmm. yeah no coconut anyway yeah now that i think about it yeah it is quite weird yeah um okay so what's the what's the pudding or are you still on your are you still got other small plates that you need to tell me about um no i think i'm good well they do like a really good uh like chili king prawn as well and there's always a, a tiny little new potato in the wrapper when you get it i don't know why the potato is there but i always enjoy it potato um and i guess for pudding i don't know i'm not like a i've got a massive sweet tooth but i'm not a very good baker or anything and if i go out somewhere i would rather get starter mains than mains dessert so i feel like it would be a nostalgic thing like maybe like my mom when we were kids for like a birthday party or whatever would make us little ice cream clowns you know those things where it's just a scoop of ice cream you put a cone on the top to look like a little hat and smarties for a face and it was probably like oh, I love that crap cone, crap ice cream, but it really blew me away every time. I so. haven't done that for my kids, and I should totally do that. Ice there cream clowns. That's genius. Church's ice cream clowns. There you go. Branded. That's maybe should be merch. Maybe you should have an ice cream <laughs> store. Uh, yeah, something like that, or like a, just a cream egg. Matt, I had to like. Oh God, really? Bo- body slam to try and get a cream egg out here. It was pretty tough. So, so sweet. Yeah, I know. I know. You're confusing me, Lauren. I you don't you don't do a peshwari naan, but you do a bloody cream egg. But I'm not putting like garlic on not top. Not with of her savouries, darling. Fair um, Are you not a sweet and salty person then? Maybe for like popcorn or something. But yeah, I don't know why. I think I have noticed as I've gotten older. I'm like, oh, maybe there's some weird psychology in that. I don't like certain things to be touching other things, which makes me sound weird. But if I put the, for for instance, my little pickled onions. If I'm putting them on a dish, I will put them in a little ramekin so they're not... <laughs> so I can apply them when I see fit. Fancy. But I don't know. I think that might be... I didn't used to be you like that. You have to keep things very separate. So I wonder if that's like a control psychological issue <laughs> that doesn't need to be there. I am... Um, but So you won't have the pickled onion combined with like the dal or anything like that? It won't be like you'll have um, the taste together. You like to have this taste separate. I will occasionally take a couple and put them on top of, and then I'll know that they're coming. And otherwise it's like the little sorbet between bites. I don't know. Like, I th- yes, it's been pointed out to me that that's very odd. cleanser. It's a very odd way to eat. So, and it didn't used to be like that. So I do wonder, I'm like, oh, maybe things are going slightly bizarre as we get older. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, and what's your drink of choice? Oof. I mean, if it's with curry, just a straightforward beer, probably. Like, a, they always... In Mother India, I always get like a half pint of Kingfisher on tap, just nice and crisp. And if if we're being fancy and it's not curry, then I don't know anything about wine, but a quote unquote nice red wine would be nice. So what's on your rider with you and churches, like you and the boys, do you have a similar taste? Do you all kind of have your own riders? How's it um, work in a band? We have pretty similar, I think I could look at it and choose what was mine and then the rest of it's probably for the guys but yeah like we'll just get like a bunch of beers and we have to think about the crew guys as well so there was a while where we're like maybe we should get light beers and also we'll get murdered we can't be (laughs) offering them like Michelob Ultra as they load out that's not what they want um but Ian from the band is a big whiskey guy so we'll ask for like a Laphroaig or something and he'll have Mm. he likes to take a bit of that 
Um, and then the drummer, Johnny, he always, he's like a really, he likes a little cocktail situation. So he'll, <laughs> he brings like, Del a co- boy. his like cocktail. <laughs> he brings his stuff with him. So he'll just be like, give me some bitters and a bottle of this. And then he has his like touring cocktail kit that he likes to roll with. Oh my God, he sounds fun. So, yeah, well, yeah, he's, yeah. he's a little fancy. So yes, and he toured with the Kills for a bit. So I think that that helped him get chic and fancy as well. So he he knows a way to do things, whereas I'm like, I don't know, maybe I'll have a beer after the gig. Don't know. That's it. So are you going on a big tour, Lauren, next year? Um, or this you're year, really big in the States, aren't you? Oh, thanks. You <laughs> I mean, I think we, really do, we, do, we do well. We do well here. And I guess we were trying to figure out tour routings and it was just about where stuff was more open and more accessible first. So... Um, we love the idea of like being able to go home first, but it just didn't seem practical, the mm. idea of booking a mm. tour in the UK for the autumn time. So, yes, we're starting uh, in Texas in start of November, I think. And then we, Amazing. I think the hope is that we'll be in the UK in the springtime next year. But it's have also... You got, it's, have, you got ta- have you got dates booked or kind of pencilled? We have things pencilled in, and it's just tricky because it's about like safety and where you can get where you can get to, who's taking tours in, but also loads of the venues are booked because it's all shifted lineups for the last mm. 18 months. And yeah, so I feel bad when people are like, but you're not coming to X, Y, Z place. I'm like, I want to, but we can't. So, but we yeah. will. I think, yeah, we're just feeling really lucky to get to play any shows at all. Like I was talking to the band guys about it and we were saying that this is like the longest that any of us have gone without playing shows since we were kids, basically, because... Mm. Oh wow! Yeah. So, yes. So have you been to in? That. Have you been in bands for your whole life, or have you been? What, what? How did it start? How did you find that voice? Um. Well, I was like f- 15, 16, and I started playing drums in a band. So, um, I had played piano at high school, like since I was a kid. And then for higher music, they were like, you need to have two instruments for your performance stuff. And I really didn't want to do singing because I think I'd hit that Mm. point of self-consciousness in life. And I was like, I will learn drums and then drums could be my second instrument. And then I played drums in bands mostly. But did you know you had a voice at that point or was it kind of, did it it feel like a unique voice? No, no. Uh, I knew that, like, I think I, th- I thought I was okay. Like, I was like, I can keep mm. tune and I can sing backing vocals and I like singing along to stuff. But I think it was just always, like, the self-consciousness. I never really mm. wanted to be the guy in the band. Mm. And I didn't think that my voice was, like, very special or anything. So, and then I think it just kind of happened by default that I ended up singing in bands. Like, the band I was in before Churches... I was kind of sharing vocals with this other guy and then he had said, you should sing more, you should do more of the songs and then we recorded a, a EP with Ian from Churches and then he had said that him and his friend were writing some demos which they thought they might try and sell for publishing or something and try and get a publishing deal. So he was like, if you sing some stuff, sing some backing vocals, sing some leads, then we'll pay you a day rate and that'll be good. And I was like, oh, lovely. And it wasn't, this sounds really like, fairy tale whatever (laughs) but uh cinderella but i didn't i just didn't think about it like that i never thought that there was any exciting quality to my voice but martin from churches always loves to tell the story that they were listening to the demos back and they muted his vocal and then they were like that's the band which i don't know if that's true but that's how they like to tell the story and i think i don't know i guess 
maybe, I don't know how you feel about how you relate to your voice, Jesse, but maybe you're bound to think your own voice is bizarre. Like sometimes I listen to it, I'm like, oh, what a, what a strange tone. It's just like specific and like coming out of the front of your face. I don't know why, but it must do something some like to me I'm like it's it's the means of getting the message across like I I would always sing in bands to try and communicate the thing it was never like I'm like oh I'm an amazing singer everyone would be so lucky to listen to me it's not something I ever thought but so you're kind of like you're the reluctant front woman um I mean now you were yes I think well I just didn't ever think I was like good at it you know what I mean like I think some people maybe it's about pushing yourself forward or but some people, they walk into a room and you're like, oh, yeah, they've got, like, that quality. It's funny you talk about that because I, I, I just, I'm watching the Billie Eilish documentary. Mm. And it's really fascinating because the girl was like, I mean, she, she kind of it makes me laugh because she talks about hating songwriting. Mm. I mean, this girl is what, when she makes this documentary, she's like 17. Um, and it's about the rise of her. And she... She's so self-assured about her. It's not that she's cocky at all. She's mm. really remarkable. But there was like a total inner confidence and self-belief that she had with her, the way she delivered songs and all of that. And, you know, I remember I remember watching Florence, Florence and the Machine, like singing on tre- tables. Anybody that listened, she was there in Elephant and Castle singing. And mm. there was like this showmanship about it. And I was like... I was not that person. I was kind of like, sorry, yeah, I'm just going to do this. So no, I, to- I totally, I totally understand where you're coming from. But then to me, I'm like, but you've got such a beautiful voice. And you, when you sing, it's like, oh, people will feel something because of what you're singing. So maybe it's like, we always want what we don't have. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, I just like, I love the idea that my daughter sings, he said, she said, and she doesn't actually really know what the words necessarily and the message means, but it's so, it's quite poignant and powerful my little girl singing these these words and it's so it's such a clever song and it's so important um and the message is so direct but yet my little four-year-old is kind of yet to realize those situations women find themselves in it's um a really really remarkable record um i wanted to ask you well mum actually asks this question all the time come mum do you sing karaoke I do. I, but taking back everything we just said, apparently karaoke is where I'm like, give me that microphone, <laughs> get me up there. Oh wow! Yeah. I don't know. It What's might... your song of choice? Oof, oof. I mean, I definitely love a bit of Alanis. Never mad at that. Ooh, um, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, pff, there's a triple headline tour that's Alanis, Garbage, and Liz Fair. And like it's That's been re- like rescheduled. Your idea of heaven. I can't wait. I can't wait. I keep every time the date gets moved, I change it in my calendar, and I'm like, I hope I can go. I hope I can go. I really need to go. Um, yes, I would do that. And then, wait, so which Alanis song? Pro- no, I think you should know. Probably you that ought to know. Great. I mean, you ought to know. It's good. Yeah, you ought to know. And yeah. I mean, I love them all. I hate it when people slag off ironic. They're all like, oh well, it's not even what oh, she's talking ironic. about. It's not ironic. Yeah. I'm like, well, you, you, what? What? Like Shut she, up. It's one of the, the best, biggest songs of all time. I do, yeah, people don't like like something that's popular. She got too popular and people got annoyed her. I think she's got a great voice. And it's so like, rousing. she was so young when she wrote that record. And I'm sure that when it went across radio programmers' desks, a lot of men were horrified. But like, she's completely iconic. And she was writing 
like when we were talking about he said she said there was a moment but when we were talking about putting the song out i was like oh i don't it was a split second where i thought about alien i don't want to alienate certain people that are listening to the band i know we have a lot of male fr- fans i don't want to alienate people and then i was like hold up hold on like in the history of music i don't think any man ever has thought oh i shouldn't put this song out from my perspective because it might alienate female fans totally so i was like okay well we just have to deploy it and hope that it goes all right and i guess for me we always tend to i think what i love about alanis's writing is that you know that there's a point underneath what she's saying but she's not written it as a point she's making like she's written it as a personal story and you can extrapolate other things from that if that makes sense so it's not like a manifesto message song it's like coming from a personal place but you can tell that her life is informed by those things. Like I, was, I don't know how you feel about these questions, Jesse, when they happen, but when people are like, do you write about feminism? Do you write about women's stuff? And I'm like, well, but you that's your life experience, so you will be writing about it in one way or another because it infiltrates your whole existence, so it will come out in your writing, but it's not like you write about only quote-unquote female experiences. I don't know. Did that, did that become quite exhausting for you because... Because you spoke out, what, back in, what, 2015? About kind of the rape threats that you were getting. And I'm sure you're so bored and tired of talking about it. But, you know, you were, you, if people didn't know about churches, which were a relatively new band at that point, I mean, maybe Mm -hmm. not, but like, you know, maybe weren't a household name like they are now. And you kind of do this Guardian piece and, and you start talking about, you know, rape threats that you're getting and all of this. And do you feel like that's kind of now become part of your narrative every time you get interviewed and it just becomes like this kind of... And and do you mind it? Is it kind of a bit exhausting having to feel like you have to have an opinion on every... I mean, look, he said, she said, to me, it's about gaslighting, it's about this control and all of that, and it makes total sense to me. And But that's through your music? And is it like, do you kind of feel like sometimes you're like, can I just leave it at the music or do I have to really like, do we have to labour all the points? Um, or have I, think, I just put words in your mouth and I'm sorry no, if I did uh, no not at all I think that it's definitely come in waves over the course of time like I think mm. when we wrote the Guardian piece it was just as the first album was coming out so mm. it did feel like that was what people knew about the band before mm. they knew about the songs a lot of the time just because mm. of the nature of online press I suppose mm-hmm. and I think I definitely I don't think they'd mind me saying this but the guys in the band definitely struggled with that for a while because they can be supportive till they're blue in the face but it is upsetting for them when they go into a room and that's all people want to talk about but then we had mm-hmm. a big shouty argument about it in the dressing room once where I was like do you think that's what I want everybody to talk about all the mm-hmm. time but the difference is you can leave and do something else mm-hmm. and it won't mm-hmm. happen to you ever again like I think it was a weird, like, coming to terms with it thing. Like, well, there'll never really be a conversation around female art, which isn't about how inherently female it is. So I would rather have a constructive conversation if I can. But I guess what's different as I've gotten a bit older is I think that that, those feelings are reflected in the work more than they used to be. Like, the Mm, the first album, there's absolutely nothing on that record that talks about any of these issues. And I think it dripped into the second album a little bit. If anything, I tried to deliberately keep it off the third album because I thought that people would stop asking about it and it didn't happen. So Mm. now I feel like it's good that if those conversations come up, we can point them back 
to like the comment is essentially pretentious but the comment is the work if you know what I mean mm. rather than the talking about the work um, and what I read something once that Elvis Costello said talking about music is like dancing about dancing <laughs> and I was like yeah <laughs> so I guess I would rather when people are like what do you think about it I could be like this and this but it's reflected yes, in the in the yeah. imagery in the videos in the songs and yeah I think there was a time where I, on the third record I was like I don't want to put any of that stuff in the songs because then it will be even more likely that people will write about that and more likely that you'll get pigeonholed as XYZ kind of artist but mm. I think that's why sometimes I don't know I really love the third record but to me it's a really specific moment in time where we were almost doing a little cosplay or something like cosplay as another in my almost in my writing I was like imagine that you weren't this person that you didn't have to go in with all this baggage and you could write about any of those things and maybe it would be like feel better and safer and more fun and it was fun to make and then when we put it out I don't think it connected with people in the same way because it didn't feel as honest or as vulnerable or something mm. and you still got asked all the same dumbass questions anyway so I was like oh well <laughs> like I don't think you should second guess creation like that so that's all I regret about that was me second guessing things and I think if I'd wanted to do a character piece then I should have properly done it you know so where um, does the name churches come from and why has it got a v instead of a u well we had a lot of terrible a lot of terrible band names like at least I'm like yes you have your own name Jesse Ware and it sounds good and it's your you didn't have to worry about it it was done but yeah I think we had a lot of one name that the guys are really keen on was society and I was like guys are so pretentious I can't we can't go up every night and be like we are society that's really bad but uh yeah so I think we'd written down like wooden churches and burning churches and we were trying to go for that like black metal witch house thing and then we were like oh maybe just churches is cool and I guess how we all grew up there's a lot of religious baggage in in that so we were like oh there's a statement and uh, our friend had done a logo for it that was with a Roman U and then we found out after we'd put a song on the internet there was an American band called Churches and we DM'd them on SoundCloud to be like hey what are you what are you guys up to you haven't put up anything in a while what do you want to do and they said we could be churches uk and we were like mm, well that spells churches suck on a poster so i don't, <laughs> I don't want to be called churches suck so then we were like oh we'll just make it churches and so it was and somebody once tried to extort us out of a web address because they'd uh, registered all the churches ones and they wanted us to pay a very sizable amount of money and give them like lifetime triple a's which makes no sense to me ah! um, but it was our manager was very smart and he was like if we get i think it's is it spain and you can get chiverch.es and that to this day is our website so don't try and don't try and kid a kidder you can't uh, haggle a glaswegian it's not gonna work that is hysterical <laughs> that they tried to bloody get you and then they wanted uh triple a's for the rest of your life that is amazing aren't yeah. you quite tempted to just meet these absolute <laughs> just go see monkeys just go see and give them i see yeah sometimes when i'm showering or whatever i'll have my fantasy argument with people uh there's only <laughs> well i try not carry too much rage but yes i think there's one person in the music industry i would still like to and i've honed it whittled it down to shame on you and that's it and then i leave 
I love that. That's like Julia Roberts in, in, in Pretty Woman. She's like, big mistake. Huge, huge. Yes, it was previously a long diatribe, but I suppose that's the processing of the grief or whatever. And now, two years later, I would just, if I see them, I would be like, shame on you. And I'd walk away. So. Um, <laughs> lastly, Lauren, do you have good table manners? I think my mother instilled in us good table manners. They've probably waned since being... What, be- ratapooie? I don't think that's very I nice. Know. Well... Yeah, that's probably bad. But uh, yeah, I know where all the forks are. I know no elbows on the table, no talking with your mouth full. And when we would do ratatouille, my mum would, uh, we would get a count to three, you would get three goes. So if something happened, she would be like, that's one, you get one. And then after that, you knew. So ratatouille was one, it's one. Uh, And yeah, I just think that touring with feral men has probably (laughs) lessened my table manners slightly. But uh, I'm still definitely the most polite out of us, I would say. So, yes. I always put the nap- napkin on the lap. Don't cross people when you're p- passing, things like that. Um, Lauren, thank you so much for doing this. It's thank been a pleasure you. to chat to you. Thank you guys for Good having me. Good luck with the record. It's out, I think, on the 27th of August. It's indeed, yes. And touring, hopefully we'll get you over here soon. But otherwise, the States can have you for a bit longer. But do come back to us soon. I will. Thank you very much, you guys. Thank you. Like the loveliest, politest woman with the filthiest mouth. Oh, she was delightful. She did have a big woolly on, darling. I'm a bit worried. I thought you were going to say something else, Mum. Jesus. I don't know. It's raining yeah. outside. She was. I think it was a bit of a homesick yeah. cling to, you know, Scotland. Thank you so much to Lauren Mayberry from Churches. Album's out on the 27th of August. And I shall go to bed now, Mum. Are you going to go and eat your curry? Yeah, I am. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Thank you to Lauren. Thank you to Mum. Enjoy your curry. We'll speak to you soon. All right, darling. Bye. Thank you for listening. Uh, The music you've heard on Table Manners is by Peter Duffy and Pete Fraser. Table Manners is produced by Alice Williams. 